sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show, first show of 2021. Happy New Year to you all. Welcome back inside the Sunbury Motors studio. Well, Steve will soon be there. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. And like every Monday show, we're brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com or visit them at their office on Market Street in Sunbury. Another big sports weekend in the books, too, as it is every New Year's weekend. And college football playoff championship game officially set. Well, I definitely want to get into that. And, of course, the Steelers are in the playoffs again. they got the Browns coming up next Sunday night. We'll have that on 100.9, the Valley at 8.15, so we'll get to that, too. But I got I got it. I got to start with the Eagles because, once again, this team just finds a way to create bizarreness and disaster that was the most bizarre game I've ever watched last night we all thought it was just going to be ugly in a snooze fest it was pretty much anything but that and put the integrity of the game argument aside and there is no argument there for me and I get it from if you're special if you're a Giants fan and all that you might feel a little bit cheated after what happened last night and I get that to some degree, though. Again, the Giants put themselves in that spot. But if the Eagles were so focused about the future, then you should be still investing every snap you can get to Jalen Hurts, who it sounds like you're going to be giving the keys to the franchise to. Because it looks like Carson Wentz isn't coming back, especially after these reports from ESPN's Chris Mortensen over the weekend. But no. We have to give Nate Sudfeld time, quote-unquote. Which, of course, you're naive if you didn't think. We we have to get that number six pick at all costs, even if I have to pull my quarterback, who I still haven't seen a whole lot from. I mean, think about this. You're still down three. And to a division rival, everything on the line for them... That still was a good situation to put Jalen Hurts in again and see if he can lead your team to a comeback win. Yes, you would drop three spots. I get it. But let's face it. We're putting all of our faith into something. The Eagles haven't done well exactly the last couple of years, which is drafting. There you go. Okay. And now we got you in, Steve. Well, yeah, it is a little kind of tough, uh, just so everybody... Uh, I think people know we own dogs. Right, and we have we had four. Uh, we unfortunately lost one um, a couple days before Christmas. It was only you know she was only seven years old, and it was one of those. I mean that was awful. Well, we oh, have another one. That, yes, uh, dog literally 
passed away in my arms. But we have another one that's 16. Now, the other one's 18, and the other one's 7. The litter mate of the other one. So the 7-year-old, the second 7-year-old, is the one that we lost before Christmas. We're going to have to, obviously, make a tough decision on the 16-year-old today. So uh, I was literally saying goodbye before I came down here. So my apologies for being just a couple minutes late, but I thought that was important. Uh, so my apologies, everybody. No problem. But, uh, that is. Uh, so let's deal with the positives of what Doug Peterson did last night. You have the sixth overall pick in the draft. <laughs> That's about it, as I was just mentioning. I have always said that every coach is entitled to coach the game the way they want. I think it is unfortunate that in game 256 that a coach decided to play it like it was the fourth preseason game. Okay? I'll leave, you know, I mean, he played it like it was the fourth preseason game. We're going to take out Jalen Hurts. And again, I have no idea where Jalen Hurts stands in this thing. I don't. And he put in Nate Sudfeld. Now, if you're Sweat, and by the way, I think Sweat is a fabulous player. My goodness. Chase Young is already established as being outstanding. Man, they've got bookends for a long time in Washington at those end spots. They're looking out in the fourth quarter and saying, okay, so the dude that can't move is now in? <laughs> this this will be fun. So the dude that can't move is now in the game. Okay. That's, uh, I mean, you went forward on fourth down with Hurts. Okay, that's fine. I mean, the smart play is to, to, to take the field goal there, tie it up that way. You can kind of play the fourth quarter and see what, you know, see if you can get close enough to get a field goal. I mean, that. But he went for it, whatever, that's his nature, blah, blah, okay. Um, but, and by the way, I thought the Eagles defensively played hard all night. All night the Eagles played hard. All night. It's just when you look at everybody yesterday, let's take Cincinnati out of it because they just aren't good, okay? But let's look across the board at teams that had nothing to play for yesterday. And the teams that had nothing to play for yesterday, Pittsburgh already said in advance what they were going to do. And Rudolph played well enough. He threw for 315. He hit some deep balls. Uh, Pittsburgh played hard. Cleveland had to earn it. Buffalo had nothing to play for yesterday. Nothing. <laughs> they racked up 56. They played hard. But you look at Atlanta. Atlanta had nothing to play for yesterday. Atlanta played hard all the way through against Tampa Bay. Jacksonville, I know Doug Marone lost his job today. But they pushed the Colts yesterday. And obviously Philadelphia, especially defensively, pushed Washington as hard as they could. But to, to make that change in the fourth quarter and to treat the game as if it's it's a preseason game, that's one you shake your head at. And, he, you know, he said, we were playing to win. Well, defensively, you were playing to win. 
but did did you think that if that guy gave you the best chance of winning in the fourth quarter, why wasn't he playing in the first quarter? I'll give you a reason. He lied. He lied. Is this the kind of language you're going to teach your child? <laughs> I'm going to teach him not to be naive. <laughs> unlike, the, unlike the NBC broadcast last night. And I well, love Alan Chris. Um, oh, come on. No, I, I thought they did a good job of questioning it last night. They did a good job of questioning it within the bounds which they have. Uh, you have to, okay. Yeah, that's the only thing I'll give him because yeah, Chris you, Collinsworth you to, came out with 44 seconds and, and did finally call out Doug, but then they were kind of playing like, what is he doing? You know, I, I don't know if maybe they were trying to do that because, you know, they're trying to still keep the, keep their audience because it's the final game and this and that. I can understand that. Well, I, it's, a one, it's, that it's, a, it's a one score game. That so, too, I mean, the game, yeah. the game is still a game. Uh, it's they were baffled by it, even though they were told ahead of time that he might play. I think they thought he might play in the second quarter if he played. Uh, but the the network is still accountable to the league. Okay, and I think that. That's something you've got to take into account here. There's not quite the total, complete independence. All right. I guess if there's anybody that can speak to this, it's, it's me. All right. You should be saying, uh, I should be saying what? Until you actually sit in the chair, do not tell me how I'm supposed to do the job. And I think uh, the net, you know, and remember, you've got a network, okay? Their contract is up, you know, not this year, but the year after this. One thing NBC wants to do is they want to keep Sunday night football. Do you go out there and you roll the dice on, on ripping apart an organization or ripping apart a coach over a decision, whatever, with the idea of like, hey, look, you know what? We got another game coming up. And they want to keep Sunday Night Football, and ESPN's going to bid hard for Sunday Night Football. And ESPN's contract, by the way, is up first. You know that, right? Yes. Right. Theirs is up, actually, at the end of next year. So, I mean, do you want to do that? that I mean, that's where you've got to sit back and say, okay, how far do we want to take this? How far do we want to take this? And I think they made the decision as to how far they wanted to take it. I think they did handle it like two professionals. That's what I think. You know, they 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 questioned it just enough where you knew they were questioning it, without without crossing lines. In other words, I've told my class this many many times. That's absolutely horrible. It's stupid. Okay. Well, the next thing you need to do is tell me why it's absolutely horrible and why it's stupid. Okay? And if not, 
try to be smart in your commentary as to how you say it. Where people get the general idea of where you're coming from, but at the same time, you're leaving just enough gray area there where, since you don't have all the answers, try not to act, you have, act as if you have all the answers. I mean, it wasn't if Hertz was tearing the place up. He wasn't. But did he give him the best shot to win? Of course he did. So I don't think the NBC guys were at fault at all. Not even close. I thought they, I think what it was over with, you knew they sat back and were like, what is going on here? Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't talk about, now they never once mentioned the Eagles tanking, right? That's true. And the reason that you don't call them out for tanking is you don't know if they're tanking. Right? You don't know if they're tanking. Nobody knows. I mean, you'd have to find out. Like, You'd have to have internal conversations to know if they're tanking or not. You'd have to be privy to internal conversations where you absolutely know that they're tanking. Right? You'd have to have somebody leak it. Yeah, we did it deliberately. We were trying to lose the darn thing. We wanted to pick sixth. Somebody would actually have to say that. Now, can you say, is it a possibility? It could bring that up. But it's stuff like that you either have to know or you have a source that tells you that that's what's going on. Or if you're a Giants fan. Look, you're six and ten. Okay, did you deserve to be in the playoffs? No. All right, but at seven and nine, does Washington deserve to be in? I mean, the Miami Dolphins and the AFC are on the outside looking in. They won double-digit games. <laughs> All right, I'm not saying Wash. I'm not saying Miami should be in because Washington's in. No, but. Let me give you the trivia question of the day. Gus Malzahn. um, Let's see. Gus Malzahn, Tom Herman, Steve Sarkeesian. Who has the highest winning percentage of those three coaches? I'm going to say Malzahn. Gus does. Who's second? Would it be Sarkeesian? Tom Herman. Okay. Okay. Gus is 667. Herman is 640. And Sarkeesian is 557. But yet, he's the one that got the NFL job. No, he's the one that got the Texas job. Right, yeah. Now, remember, Sarkeesian has gone to the Alabama home for the wayward twice. He took over for Lane when Lane left. Then he went to the Falcons as the OC for a year, got fired. He replaced Kyle Shanahan, got fired, went back to Alabama, and now he's the head coach of Texas. 
And then there's the Doc Holiday situation at Marshall. We'll talk about that in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Yes, I was coaching and we had to win. Uh, yes, that was my decision solely. Um, Nate has uh, obviously been here for uh, four years, um, and uh, I felt that uh, he, he deserved an opportunity to, uh, to, get some, to get some snaps. Uh, the coaching to win part, uh, I'm baffled by the – but he did say it was his, his decision. So, I mean, I mean, he at least took responsibility that he was the one that made the decision. Okay. Well, I give him credit for that. But you end up with – what you end up with is a team now picking sixth as opposed to ninth. It'll be pretty much forgotten. Uh it's not. It's not as if he that the decision kept a ten-win team out of the playoffs. Is a decision to kept a six-win team out of the playoffs. And believe me, if Carson Wentz doesn't hit Boston Scott with that touchdown pass, the Giants wouldn't have needed a win last night. But that was Carson Wentz throwing the ball, and not Nate Sudfeld. It's probably the best game that the Eagles played all year. That comeback against the Giants. Was that a Thursday night game? Exactly right. Yeah. So, the playoff picture is set. We'll hear from Bill Hillgrove later in the week. Matt Leon today on News Radio 1070. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570 286 5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Happy New Year from the Purdy family to your family and friends. Auto home life business. They'll make sure you're insured no matter what. And not only that, they'll find every way they can possible to save you money. You know, maybe it's in bundles, but they will do everything they can to save you money. And they'll make sure that policy is exactly where you need it to be in case you ever do need it. It is Purdy Insurance. Mark and Street and Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great selection of new inventory. With a great sales staff to back it up. Fabulous selection of pre-owned inventory, best in the area, with that Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a service department that backs all of this up. 
All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, very quickly, I think you know about uh, Penn State with four football transfers. And then, and again, these are all being done in such a way where everybody knew, um, you know, they know what the decisions are in these players. They're all getting their day. It was Tariq Castro Fields' day uh, to tell everybody that he was coming back for the 2021 season. I mean, these are all, you know, Will Fries, I'm going to go to the NFL draft. Shock, I'm going to go. You notice they, they don't happen together. I mean, this, you saw the same thing happen last year before the Cotton Bowl game. Michael Madden and I'm coming back, you know, Will Fryzen coming back. Well, this year it's it's being done the same way, uh, but it's being staggered out. So Will announced that Will Fryzen I'm going to go to the NFL. Shock, I'm go, going, going to go to the NFL. Troy Castro feels I'm coming back. Which is great news for the secondary. As you know, uh, both on and off the field, I've been a big Tariq Castro Fields guy. And he still has my favorite stat. He's never given up a touchdown pass in his career. I think it's a pretty good stat. All right. Matt is furious about his football team. Furious. There isn't a single person in the organization worth anything. That about sums he, it up, yeah. And he's ready to rip every one of them. <laughs> so let's bring in Matt Leon, who ends up being our first guest of the new year. Matt, welcome. Great to have you with us. Happy New Year, and boy, that's a lot of pressure to put on me, first guest of the year. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, all right. Uh, but we figured we'd pick somebody who could absolutely handle it. Okay. <laughs> uh, what was that last night? <laughs> it wasn't good. In the fourth I quarter? Mean, it was exact, but let's be honest. Wasn't it exactly what you expected? I mean, um, not, shouldn't not, the, isn't there, is there any better game for the NFC East title to be decided than that? I mean, really. I, I, I sat back and I looked at it. I said, I just don't think that you can treat that game like it's like it's game four of the preseason with, with, your, with your quarterback. I know you've got guys out. So, I mean, Miles Sanders is out, guys like that. But that that part got me. It was like, why are you treating it like game four of the preseason? Oh. This is an experiment time? I, I don't disagree there. And... I think it. I think the whole thing. No, this is just my opinion. Was a way to make sure they lost the game without saying they tried to lose the game. Like, well, right? They end up with the sixth pick in the draft instead of the ninth. Yes, in which they'll probably take another quarterback. But that's a different discussion for a different day. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, you know, they were terrible. I shouldn't say they were terrible. The offense after the second touchdown did next to nothing the defense actually made some plays and set them up and they still couldn't take advantage um now they had a situation what was it fourth and goal from the four and they went yeah, for it right it's a 17 14 game kick the field goal and tie it right like i get being aggressive but uh you know it, it was a mess but it it kind of put the perfect exclamation point on this season for the eagles 
It was uh, interesting. Okay, so now you have four games worth of work from Jalen Hurts. What do you do? I have no idea. No, I agree. Um, I agree with you. You know what? I think you're absolutely right. I agree with you on that. Here's a an amazing thing I'm about to say. You are paying Carson Wentz a max contract. You spent a second round pick on Jalen Hurts, and you have paid millions of dollars to Nate Sudfeld yes. for the last few years. Yes. And you could make a very cogent and convincing argument that the twenty twenty one starting quarterback is not on this roster. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Like that's amazing that you have dumped that much into the position and the guy might not even be here, might not even be one of the cast of characters you have. And that that to me is the indictment of all indictments of this front office and why this front office shouldn't should have the keys taken away in my opinion. But uh, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. You might see some tinkering with scouts and maybe some people's titles change and they bring in some people from the outside as fresh eyes. But I don't think people are – I don't think you're going to see the overhaul that a lot of people thought maybe uh, you might see if the bottom fell out. Right. Do you, uh, now, we've seen Doug Marone out at Jacksonville. We've seen Anthony Lynn out today with the Chargers. Adam Gaze with the Jets. How do you view Doug Peterson right now? I don't think he should go. I I honestly think on the list of their problems, he's middle of the pack at worst, or best, I should say. Like, you can argue some things about game planning that would be completely legitimate. He gives up on the run too quick. But Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think the reason this thing has fallen apart is on him. I think this is a substandard roster. It is a roster that's been poorly built and that goes beyond Doug Peterson Um, I think Doug Peterson is only three years removed from the Super Bowl and not for nothing it hasn't been pretty the last couple years That's right. but he made the playoffs the last two years and he won a game two years ago so this is not a prolonged stretch of awfulness that um, I would think he's got enough political capital uh, that he can come back from this but I think if you look at the problems, like I just explained the quarterback, that's an extraordinary failure it's on so many levels yeah. where they sit at the quarterback position now. You know, you, you look around and they took Jalen Rager instead of the Jefferson kid who just set the record for receiving yards. And that was not like Jefferson, Justin Jefferson was not a Division two kid that there were a lot of questions about and he blossomed. That's right. There's a kid from LSU, best conference in the country – who excelled there, played the position you desperately needed, and you were sitting there, and you didn't take them. Like, that's not hard. There are parts of putting these teams together that are very hard. That's not it. And they outthought themselves, which is usually the case with them when they get too cute by half. You know, and there's just a lot of that. They took J.J. Ortega-Whiteside instead of a host of wide receivers the year before that. They haven't addressed linebacker for years. They let Malcolm Jenkins go, and... They're just in a bad spot. They need to hit the plunger. It it has to, you know, I think we've seen the last of Zach Ertz. I think we've seen the last of Jason Peters. I think we've seen the last of a lot of guys, all Sean Jeffrey, that were incredibly important and the fan base will always owe a debt of gratitude to for them bringing a Super Bowl home. No question. But it's time to kind of 
push the the past aside and and really rebuild, not try to retool, not try to you know win a terrible division with seven wins and it, it's time to get it right and get yourself up to a level where you can be a consistent contender and they're the nfl's a year-to-year thing you know that like you know things look so bleak one year and then right. ne- next year you're oh my goodness look how good they are right. and vice versa you think a team's built to last and they're four win team two years later uh so i you know, I don't think you're in purgatory forever because of the nature of the NFL and it's built for parity. Exactly. But there's a lot that has to be done on multiple fronts. And frankly, given the track record, I don't trust the front office to be the ones to making the decisions. But I don't, like I said, I don't think that's going to change. And again, I know that money enters into this, but when you look at guys like Fletcher Cox and Malcolm Jenkins, that was like the like just the soul of your team right there. And you let one go away. Now, I know money yeah. enters into it. All right, I understand that. What about the the situation? Jim Schwartz is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, anybody on staff they would look at to be the new DC, or or do you think they'll go outside and, and start anew? I think they'll go outside and start anew. Um, I don't have any names. I wouldn't be surprised if they go outside and start anew. But it's somebody that was on staff here before. Um, okay. it'll be interesting because I think there are it's a, whoever comes in the defensive coordinator the one area on this team I think you look at and it's a strength is a defensive line yeah, it's no, got a lot of talent no it's making a lot of money but it's a lot of talent and it's deep yep. and if you got a good defensive line you can cover up a lot of other things so I would mm-hmm. think uh, they will be able to get a, a high quality candidate they will not have to uh, search for long, and they will have no shortage of people interested. But um, it'll be I. I would think they go. I don't think this is just a situation where somebody on staff gets promoted. I would think they go out and uh, maybe even get some. Uh, you know, there are a lot of former head coaches that you know focused on the defensive side of the ball. It wouldn't surprise me if you see a relatively big name uh, come in and take the job as using it as a springboard to their next head coaching opportunity. Sir, thank you so much. Uh, I thought you came out of the gate. We needed a big time guest to get going in uh, 2021. You filled the bill. I was just happy to be able to compete. Thank you so much. (laughs) When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicles worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Matt always likes it when I bring on like-minded people about the Eagles. 
He was exactly right. I mean, it's... Uh, you people are... I mean, you're filled with hate. I mean, I'll just bring it a full circle here to what I've talked about before. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just having fun with you. <laughs> it's just that when when you continue to see games and decisions like this made, you continue to scratch your head about the owner of this team. Oh, now and, it's the owner. <laughs> well, it all starts from the top when it comes to these things. And like I said to you before, Steve, when it, when it came to Jeffrey Lurie here, if he had brought back Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson after this season and what's happened with Carson Wentz, he will have lost all credibility to me. And he has. And this just solidified it. That stink fest last night solidified it. Because you're telling me you're going to continue to have faith not only in two guys that ruined the franchise quarterback and now pretty much him on the way out, but then went into that crazy decision-making last night. You're still going to put your faith in them for this franchise going forward. Look, I, I, I can't answer that. All I know is that... Um... Okay, uh, let's start with this. Did the Eagles play hard last night? Yes. I thought they, I thought defensively, especially defensively, I thought defensively they played very hard. Um, so that part came into play. The one part I just sit back and question is, is you look around and say, okay, Nate Sudfeld then? I mean, I could see maybe last week for the heck of it. Last week, but this is game 256, and the game meant something one way or the other to the league not to the Eagles, but to the league. And you know, it takes a lot of work to make sure that you secure the sixth overall pick, and you seem to ignore that. I mean, I recognize that. That'll they'll they'll put themselves in a better position for the sixth pick. I get that, but at the same time, we're in a spot where the or, this organization hasn't done very well. So you put even more pressure now on yourself to make sure you hit with that sixth well, pick. All right, uh, now let me, let me make this quick point here. I know that obviously it's easy to always rip the Patriots. Okay. Uh, because, you know, they've won and people don't like the people that win all the time and so forth, just like people want to rip Alabama. I got it. I get it. But this should tell every Eagles fan how good the Patriots have been over the years. You may not agree with everything they've done, okay, uh, or how they've done it, whatever it may be. But to stay up or near the top and win double-digit games every year while still drafting 28-32 to 32 almost every year or trading those picks to then get uh, but they haven't been able to capitalize on their success they haven't drafted well enough with their success. And that should tell everybody that it's hard when you... The league is not designed to have long-term success. The league is not designed that way. 
I've said this many times, the league is designed to keep everybody in the mix. And what stands out to me, Steve, that what the Patriots did is they weren't sentimental to players that they won championships with, and they knew they couldn't have some which, decisions both ways, like the Eagles have tried to do. Which which most teams are sentimental. Exactly. Okay, most are. And I've said many times about the Patriots that, look, they, you know, it is a business. And the Patriots treat it like an absolute business. They sit there, and this is where Bill Belichick has been brilliant in his career. Part of what he's done brilliantly in his career is they have figured out what your shelf life is. How many Patriot players end up succeeding after the Patriots let them go? Like, long term. I think Malcolm Butler's been pretty good for Tennessee. Obviously, Brady's Brady's had a good year. Not a great year, but Brady's had a good year. And... Um, but most of the players that have left the Patriots maybe had another year in them. And then, I mean, you could really see the fade happen with them, right? Yeah, Jamie Collins is another good example when he got traded to Cleveland. Yeah. But I'm saying, but they've seemed to have a sense of, okay, whether it's every day in practice or in games or in game film, that somebody is sliding a little bit for them. Now, I think the biggest area where they made the biggest mistake with the Patriots, and this eventually was one of the reasons Brady ended up going, is that they thought they could plug in virtually anybody at wide receiver and they could win. Now, Edelman was good for them. Hogan was good for them. But the only exceptional wide receiver the Patriots ever had during Brady's run, I mean, I mean exceptional, was Randy Moss. And is it any surprise that Brady threw 50 touchdown passes that year? I mean, that's the one where you sit back and say, oh, boy, they, uh, they feel they can plug anybody in. Troy Brown, good player. I mean, the Patriots, I mean, Moss will be the only Hall of Fame wide receiver they have from this 20-year run. I mean, that will be it. But this tells you, now let's bring it back to Philadelphia, this tells you how difficult it is when you're not drafting in a primo position. And when you're the Super Bowl champion, you're not going to draft in a primo position. Or a playoff team every year, you're not going to draft in a primo position. You have to be much better than everybody else in how you draft And again, I go back to draft day this year. On draft day this year, did I like the Jalen Rager pick? Not really, no. On draft day number two, did I like the Jalen Hurts pick? Definitely not. It's nothing against either guy. Hurts, I thought, if you picked him in the fourth round, I'd be praising the pickup one side and down the other, or even in the third, especially the late third. 
But when you got the first two rounds, those are primo picks. You got to hit on them. And I looked at him. I said, "I'm not so. Sh- I'm not so sure you couldn't have picked up Rager in the second round." <laughs> <laughs> 